friends, you're listening to Falling Into Soul. I'm McCall Erickson. This is episode three, where I want to explore and create some dialogue around one of the big questions when it comes to soul work. Is it worth it? But first, I want to thank you for listening, for sending me messages and commenting on the first couple of episodes for letting me know how they're touching you. It means so much. Thank you all who are sharing and liking and rating and reviewing. It really helps keep this going and keep this moving forward. And it touches me so much to know you're there, you're listening, and you care. After working for six straight weeks to get the first two episodes going and then putting them out there to the world and having such good response from you, I was so excited to start recording episode three and I had a plan in place. I was ready to go. I plugged in my computer and my mic and everything I said started coming out like sludge. Everything felt horrible. I just couldn't do it. And I know that feeling, so I shut everything down and I rested. I had to go replenish my mana, as they say in Hawaii. Mana is the life force or the energy, the spiritual energy that moves through us. I felt very depleted. And I was reminded of something I wrote on Twitter a few months ago about the lower vertical experience, which I was experiencing One reason it hardly ever works to blow full steam ahead with creating what we think we want is because we have no idea what's even missing from that picture. Trust the unexpected, the muddying, the reroute, the slowdown. It all connects us with the soul. I wanted to share that with you because I experienced it right after we talked about it, and it's always a little bit hard for me to really trust it because I want to go through with my plans and trusting a lower vertical experience, trusting that deep need to slow down, to stop, to rest is hard because it feels like going backwards, but I I knew enough to trust it, and I did. And here we are with episode three. I want to explore the question, is it worth it? Is the inner healing work, the soul work, following your heart, doing all that hard inner work, staying in alignment, is it worth it? Alchemically speaking, is acquiring the philosopher's stone, doing that grueling work of the upper, higher operations of alchemy that come with the dark nights of the soul and distillation to acquire that stone, is it worth it? Mystically speaking, giving your entire life to know the one thing, the love within, is it worth it? As part of my work through the years, I've gotten to be in close relationship with people doing the inner work. This has been one of the greatest blessings of my journey. It's one of my favorite things. And there's always a time, especially in the lower vertical times, when the alchemy gets hard And it seems really bleak and dire. And we're often having to face some of our biggest fears and the hardest things about ourselves. The question almost always arises in every person that I've worked with, how is this even worth it? Is it even worth it? I know that feeling. I know that place so well. And I think there are other facets of this question. When have I done enough healing, enough of this inner work? enough distilling down to soul that I can finally have what I want. 
When is all this hard inner work going to pay off? When will I be rewarded for this? Those questions kind of all float around together with the, is is this even worth it? To be honest, I wasn't sure about that myself for a while, but as time's gone on, I have realized some things about that. Let's unpack it a little bit. To the part of us that needs things to work out in a certain way, the part of us invested in particular outcomes, achieving certain goals, in things happening in a certain way externally, it's probably not going to feel very worth it. To the part of us that maybe wants the darkness and the hard times to go away completely, that only wants love and light, um, this alchemy work and soul work is not going to feel worth it. To the parts of us that want some big reward to make up for all the hard losses along the way, it also might not ever really feel worth it because nothing comes in and eventually absolves all the losses or eventually makes up for every hard thing we've had to do along the way. It's not about that. It's not about making up for the losses. It's not about absolving them. It's about grieving for them properly, allowing for them to exist. It's not about outweighing the bad with the good or outweighing the dark with the light because the dark and the light are intricately intertwined with each other. They work together in alchemy. I talk about this in the second half of the mountain, the metaphor of the tree. The tree has to grow its roots in the rich, dark soil and its branches grow in the open air bloom and blossom out in the open air they need both the dark under underworld soil and coming up into the light that's the whole tree that's the whole thing they work together it's not one or the other they work together so to the part of us that we come into contact through this work the part of us that can open to the paradox that can hold the paradox of this bothness of light and dark, hard and beauty, that can open to the unexpected, open to the mystery, open to receiving what we don't yet know is there. To that part of us, there really can be a lot of beauty on this path. And the beauty doesn't absolve the losses and difficulties. It's not, that's not the role of beauty. It's here to help us carry those losses. It's here to help soften the hard edges of things. It's here to help us move through our harder processes of grief a little easier. So I think it helps to create a new mindset around this because it's not either or. It's not is it worth it or isn't it? It's both. To some parts of us, it's going to feel worth it and to other parts of us, no, it's not. Soul alignment can feel like deep relief to some parts of us and hard losses to other parts of us. And we don't have to choose our gratitude over our grief. We live both at once and walk in wholeness. Wholeness is our heart embracing the paradox, opening to and within it. The heart opens in paradox. Yes, paradox can madden the mind, that loves that binary thinking. 
but paradox opens the heart. So I want to unpack some of the conditioning around this question a little bit more, because if there's anything that keeps us from knowing soul alignment, it's conditioning. I know we talk about beliefs a lot in the spiritual world of growth and healing. If we change our beliefs, we can change our life. Yes, but we don't always know what those beliefs are. We're aware of our conscious beliefs, but the tricky thing is we have so many subconscious beliefs and conditioning, which is why I like to work with the word conditioning a lot, because we don't know what's there sometimes until we're facing it. And I think there's a little bit of conditioning around this question of, is it worth it that I want to address? First of all, we're conditioned to think that if we work hard, it will pay off. We will be rewarded. We actually feel entitled to a reward and we build up in our minds expectations of what we think a reward would be. But I think we need to create a little more space around this because for one thing, inner healing is a lot of work. And the effort we put into the inner healing is hardly ever proportional to the results we experience externally. This is very important to remember in alchemy because as alchemists, we're not just trying to change the inner life, we're trying to marry the inner with the outer. So the outer does matter. The external results do matter. But we have to remember that What we see, what we influence, what we're actually able to affect externally from our internal work is going to feel largely disproportionate to the amount of work we put into it internally. So it's not worth it in the sense of fairness. It's not tit for tat. It's not, well, I put all this inner work in and nothing's happening. Well, it doesn't really work that way. We don't always get some big external reward in proportion for the hard inner work we do. So it's not really fair in that sense. So it helps to create a different conversation here, a different mindset to realize that we're going to put our entire life force into the inner work at times, but life itself is not necessarily going to reward us in proportion to the amount of work we put in. That doesn't mean we're not going to see results. I like to work a little bit with the concept of hope versus inevitability because I think for me, hope has included certain expectations. It's so hard to have hope without certain expectations. And what I realized as alchemy was dashing all of my hopes away little by little was that there was a difference between what I was hoping would happen and this underlying inevitability that inevitably things would shift, that I was actually very much like nature. It's inevitable that after a winter, the tree is going to spring new buds from the dormant branches. Nature is inevitability. Alchemical cycles are inevitability. Things will come of it. We just don't always know what that's going to be, and we don't always get to control the timing of it. So that's a tricky thing too, because I think we also have a little bit of conditioning that if we work hard enough, we can have what we want. If we just heal enough, we can finally have what we know we're here for. Then we can manifest what we our deepest desires. We can manifest what we feel we are here to do. But the reality is 
Maybe and maybe not. Maybe in the sense that it might happen in different ways than we anticipated, in different ways than we could have imagined. And that's the tricky thing about this alchemy, is learning how to recognize, to recognize the results of the work They come in different ways, which is why I talk a lot about learning the difference between the subtle and the gross, learning the difference between the essence and the form, because a lot of times the essence that's a result, the subtle results of the process come in different forms than we would have imagined or expected. So a huge part of getting what we want is being smart enough to recognize it when it arrives because it arrives in different ways. Yes, once again, very hard on the ego to come to terms with this, but very natural for the soul to flow with this. I also think, you know, going along the lines of external results for the inner work, we really do seem to think that we're going to get something for the work. But it's not like the soul's purpose is not a thing. The purpose of the soul is to experience life directly. Let me say that again. The purpose of the soul is to experience life directly first and foremost before anything. Our sole purpose is to learn to experience life directly. And all of the alchemy gets that conditioning and our habits and our patterns and beliefs out of the way and our resistance out of the way so we can have a direct experience with life. And sometimes this is a little different than our spiritual conditioning of transcending life. No amount of inner healing or awakening can keep us safe from life. In some ways, life seems rather indifferent to us at times. It doesn't matter how much healing we've done. Life is going to do what life is going to do, and it's going to challenge us. The healing and the inner work puts us into a direct experience with life so that we can work with it in a more direct relationship. And that feels better to me because... I like to work with the natural way of things instead of against them. It actually does put us ahead just a little bit to be able to work with the true nature of things. That's what alchemy wants. That's what alchemy is giving us and wants to bring to us. That's, that's the gold, being able to work with the true nature of things. So if that's what you want, to be able to experience life directly and have a direct experience with life and to be able to navigate in relationship with life as is, knowing you are navigating from the root of your being, then there is a lot of worth it in the journey. It also helps to keep in mind that there are times when it's just not going to feel worth it at all. And that usually happens when we're in the lower vertical and don't have the perspective on things that we usually have. Allow for that. Realize that sometimes you're going to say, How is this even worth it? And realize you will have a better perspective at another time when you're at a different place, a different mood, a different mindset. It's all in the pot. It's both and. Yes, it's worth it. No, it's not. Both and. Both and. 
And if we have the ability to open up to that both and, to the unknown, to the light and dark of it, to the all of it, to work with everything as it is, as it flows, there can be an incredible amount of beauty in the journey. One of my favorite parts of the soul journey is the wonder, the wonder that comes from staying open to the unknown. I've been surprised over and over with things I never could have imagined that outdid my small plans for things. And I love receiving that alignment. I love saying, oh my goodness, I really didn't know. I thought I knew. But now that this is showing up for me, wow, thank you. This is beautiful. I love the Emily Dickinson line. The soul should always stand ajar, ready to welcome the ecstatic experience. Oh, the soul should always stand ajar ready to welcome the ecstatic experience. And that ecstatic experience is can be joy or grief. That ecstatic experience is the expression of the soul bypassing the thinking mind, coming through the open heart, the broken open heart. And my favorite thing about navigating in the unknown is when the ego is enough out of the way I can receive the flow of the soul as it comes. There are moments of alignment and moments of magic. And I know I didn't do anything to manipulate it with my conscious mind, that it's coming to me naturally in a way that I couldn't have conceived. It feels pretty magical to me because it also feels like so right. Even though I couldn't have dreamed it or didn't expect it that way, something feels right about it. It's like dreaming things into life without knowing you're dreaming them. That's the way of the soul. When these moments of alignment and magic come and we recognize them as such and we align with them and we open ourselves to them, it's like, oh, wow, maybe a deeper, darker, unknown part of me was dreaming this into life and I recognized it when it arrived. That's the most important thing. Can we recognize it and receive it when it arrives? as it happens. I love this part of the journey so much. I could enumerate a whole list of things that have happened for me in this way. The magic of the soul, receiving the beauty of the unknown. This started happening for me early on in my soul journey during the dark nights. And the song I want to sing today is a more playful one. And it, and it plays on this idea of wonder, of being in the flow of life and realizing, oh my goodness, like I didn't even know I needed this. When I can get out of my way enough that life comes to me and receive the beauty, there's something deep in me that feels so grateful because I'm getting what I didn't even know I needed. This started happening for me early on, like I said, and this song comes from that time. It's been I think about 11 years since I since I wrote this song and it stayed consistent for the journey that when I open myself to the wonder I can receive what I didn't even know I needed. This is my favorite thing about soul navigating and this song illuminates that playfulness and that wonder what happens when we give our life to love what happens when we give our life to soul what happens when we're enough when the ego is enough out of the way that that soul energy can flow through? What can I receive that I didn't even know was there? Unexpected answers, unexpected gifts. The beauty is bounteous. It's never ending. It's never ending. I wrote this song 11 years ago when I started experiencing this and it's still true. It's still happening. By the way, 
There's a video of me on YouTube singing this in my apartment in Utah when I first wrote this song. So you can see the old incarnation of me. I look at that girl. I know I'm not her anymore, but I am still the best parts of her. My goodness, the way we change and grow on this path. Spinning round, I'm a tornado spinning round and round. I'm a tornado spinning round the sky, and you are the eye. And I am the phone ringing in the parlor, I am the phone ringing off the hook. I'm ringing and ringing like nobody's home, and you are hello. It's funny how the stars know when to align And everything you never knew you needed is yours in perfect time so much for listening and being in this soul space with me. I hope there's something in this episode that helps you explore your relationship with wonder and the unknown, the magic of the soul way. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can go to McCallericson.com and click on the give back tab to learn how to support it and my work in ways that feel best to you. Thank you for doing so. Thank you all for keeping this web of connection going. To end this episode, I want to read a poem by Gregory Orr from his book Concerning the Book That Is the Body of the Beloved. I read this poem while I was preparing this podcast, and it really seemed to fit. Time to shut up. Voltaire said the secret of being boring is to say everything. And yet I held back about love all those years, talking about death insistently, even as I was alive— Talking about loss as if all was loss, as if the world did not return each morning, as if the beloved didn't long for us. No wonder I go on so. I go on so because of the wonder.